Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to The Trader, a traitor's podcast. My name is Matthew. I'm a writer working in TV development, and I am a 100% faithful fan of the multi-award-winning hit TV competition series, The Traitors. This podcast features deep dives into every episode of the show, as well as interviews with contestants. And this season seven of the podcast dedicated to series two of The Traitors UK. If you're looking for The Traitors US coverage, that's running concurrently. And a new episode will be with you within about 40 hours of episode 4 airing. On every edition of The Trader, I'll be joined by a special co-host who'll help me break down an episode of the TV show. Hopefully have some laughs and maybe even betray me. A couple of things before we meet my guest for today. Firstly, we've just had the one year anniversary of the podcast. I did a little Instagram live all about this. So if you want to check that out, if you want to actually see me instead of just listen to me and see my cat who makes a cameo in the video, you can check that out on Instagram and TikTok at the Trader Podcast. Uh, it's basically just like two minutes of me saying thank you, thank you, thank you, because the podcast is doing really well. And I'm super excited about all the people who have been listening and streaming and downloading. And I give a little anecdote about how excited I was at the first 50 downloads of the podcast last year compared to 50,000 downloads at this point, which is really unbelievable. And again, I've mentioned this many times, but I feel like this podcast essentially led me to an entire new job. If you were listening back uh, last year to this podcast, I always started off by saying, I'm a writer. And now I say I'm a writer working in TV development and that's come about because of the podcast and because of people listening. So I'm very, very grateful. And it's a whole year of the podcast. Can't believe it. Since then, I've been the podcast has been featured in 
Hello Magazine, and I've been on BBC Radio Lancashire talking about the podcast, uh, so it's all quite unbelievable. So thank you very much. Next up, it's time for some Traitors updates in TT News. Their ratings for the current series of The Tracers UK are already a huge win for the BBC and Studio Lambert and have been an increase on the last series numbers by an average of almost 2 million per episode. The X account, Super TV, which is really reliable usually, reports that the official figures for episode 1 are 5.94 million, 5.77 million for episode 2 and 5.8 million for episode 3. The BBC are also no doubt not that surprised, considering they had already commissioned a third series before Series 2 had even begun broadcasting. In fact, you can apply to be a cast member right now via Studio Lambert's website. And if I remember, I will include the link in the podcast description. Speaking of casting and Series 3, I have a sneaky feeling that the traitors will begin filming slightly earlier than it did in the past two years. Or at least the past year, I should say. Studio Lambert recently advertised Games Runners Jobs, which have now closed, by the way. Sorry, you can't apply. And they described these jobs as being for a returning competition fact-end show on location in Scotland, which seems to fit the bill for the traitors. The thing is, this job was advertised for work between March and June. And although this is just the game's testing rather than actual filming, the fact that it will be complete by June suggests to me they won't wait all that long after that to start filming, which falls in line a little bit more with Series 1, which actually filmed in about April, May, as opposed to the current series, which filmed around September, October. This is just speculation from me rather than anything concrete. Just thought I would put my prediction out there. Lastly, some Traitors US news. A big congratulations again to Studio Lambert and Peacock on their recent Emmy win. The Traitors US won the award for Outstanding Casting for a Reality Programme at the January Awards Ceremony. This is for the first season of the show, of course. This is a particularly impressive win considering A, it was the show's first nomination, and B, it was up against heavyweights like Queer Eye and RuPaul's Drag Race, which has won the category several times before. In addition, and finally, I'm not considering this a spoiler because it's all over NBC's social media and does not impact or ruin any outcome of the game at this point. Below Deck star Kate Chastain from season one of The Traitors US will be returning to the show for the current season. This is almost certainly not to play the actual game. You might even argue she didn't really even play the game in the first season. But most likely this will be to play a small role, pull in some viewers, create some clippable moments and mess with the new cast. I would also like to add that I predicted this happening on this very podcast months ago, so there is hard evidence of it. This was during a discussion with regular co-host David Bloomberg, and now I feel utterly vindicated. Whether you like Kate on the show or not, she definitely provided comic relief, and I think is partly responsible for the show doing so well first time around. On to my co-host for today's episode then. To help me discuss episode 7 of the Traitors UK series 2 is Joe. 
Joe is a returning co-host to the podcast and is a Traitors super fan. He also knows everything there is to know about girl groups, the X-Men, and Big Brother UK, and Joe is usually busy making mods for a wrestling simulation booking game. Joe, welcome back to the trader. How you doing? Hi, I'm very good, thank you. How are you? And thank you for having me on your anniversary. No problem. I, I'm so happy you're back because uh, you're you're probably even a bigger fan of the show than me. And you you're back for such a good episode, right? Like, wasn't this a good one? One of the best episodes in history in Phoebe Britt's show, game show, one of the best. It was... And one of the best faces episodes of all time. Yeah, such a good one. Uh, you you picked it, and it's funny because when we were organising the podcast season, I I said, Joe, you have to come back on. What where would you like to go? And you said somewhere in the middle because I think that's a good yeah. place. So you you picked it right. You picked a good place to come in. Yeah. Now, before we dive right into the episode and start mm-hmm. giving our thoughts, it's time to set up our own game of betrayal and deception. This is the Trader Traitor. Our not-so-secret mission from here on in is to tell a lie to one another. The lie has to be a fabrication or a made-up fact, big or small, about the traitors, about ourselves, about anything else, as long as it's not true. For example, I could lie and tell Joe that Claudia Winkleman demanded double her Series 1 salary to continue with the show and she threw a bottle of head and shoulders at a producer in a paycheck meeting. However, I couldn't lie and say that I don't like Claudia's glossy locks and fringe that's bangs for Americans, when the truth is that actually I'm obsessed with her hair. This would be a fake and downright rude opinion. So we're looking for fake facts rather than fake feelings and thoughts. At the end of the episode, Joe and I will put our traitor hunting skills to the test and decide what we thought the other person's lie was. Joe, we've played this before. Are you ready to lie to me today? Yeah. <laughs> Very decisive. Me too. Yeah. I'm, I'm prepped. I'm ready to go. I'm feeling confident. I'm, I've got really patchy history of doing well in my own game, but we're going to try uh, from memory, you've you've fooled me in the past. Like you've definitely beaten me at this. So, mm. I, I, but I did yeah. forget last time. <laughs> I'll have to try and remind you as we go, or maybe I won't. Oh, maybe I don't want you to remember. We'll see. Yeah, maybe. In that case, our game begins now, and we are ready to dive into episode seven of the Traitors UK series two. <laughs> We start off, as always, with a recap of what happened last time. We're reminded that Anthony was banished from the castle. Jazz seems to be the only one really onto Paul so far, mostly because Harry told Paul what Jazz had said to him in confidence. And we're reminded of the poisoned chalice secret mission for the traitors. And we're reminded, actually, in the little clip from the last episode, we see Miles reading out the instructions and all it says really is whichever Faithful's lips touch the poisoned chalice first will be murdered. And I know there was a lot of debate online about whether they had to do it before midnight or not, but I actually don't think it specifically said that now, just based on this little recap clip. 
So, so someone just had to basically drink out of it. Uh, and we're about to see whether or not that actually happens. So the episode begins. It's it's kind of almost still in recap mode. We're still at midnight the night before. And we cut back to Miles handing the chalice eventually to Diane at the bar. This is where we left off. There's been so much speculation online about whether or not she drinks it, whether or not it's too late for her to drink it, whether she spills it or hands it to someone else. What, Joe, what did you... Before you saw this episode, what did you think was going to happen? So I went through two options. I thought, obviously, like what everyone thought, she wouldn't drink it. But I thought if she did drink it, I almost thought the trick would be she gets recruiters. Yeah, I saw a lot of this online, this this theory. <laughs> I would have showed that some really good with tricks. I was so let up. Oh, I I mean, I I know what you mean. What ha- what ends up happening, of course, is Diane drinks it. So the thing that we kind of think is going to happen just happens. But I, it's like the cliffhanger with Ash at the end of episode four. I think mm. I don't I don't really care. Like I didn't mind because I just I loved all the speculation online anyway. Um, one of the one of my old colleagues who is an English teacher sent me a message about this just before the episode aired. Uh, a lot of people thought that what you thought, Joe, that actually Diane was going to be recruited because the chalice was inside copies of Shakespeare plays and in Othello, there's some reference to a poison chalice like twisting someone's mm-hmm. mind. So, so people really read into this and thought, oh, that's what it means. It means Diane's going mm-hmm. to be recruited, but I, I didn't really think that was going to happen, and that's not what happens. Uh, she brings mm. it, and then we've got something really interesting, because Claudia then speaks to us outside the castle, and she says, what they don't know is that the poison doesn't take immediate effect. Breakfast tomorrow is going to be very interesting. So there's there's kind of a twist there, I suppose. So, like, Diane drinks it, and we thought that's probably what was going to happen. Mm. But what we didn't know was that she would still arrive the next day What's interesting, and I think this is not a spoiler, what I'm about to say. They're doing this mission in US Traders right now as well. I noticed that in US Traders, they they explicitly told the Traders this when they read the mission. They knew that it was a slow poison that would take effect much later. But it was was funny they didn't tell the UK Traders. So what do you think of this, this, Joe, this idea that Diane will still be there tomorrow? It's interesting because it keeps everyone on the toes. Mm-hmm. I actually thought that thought it was all void because the clock struck. And again, that was something that could have been told a bit more cleaner. Yeah. Um, again, could have been an editing choice. Um, which I actually think it was because a lot of it didn't make sense time while I've been watching it a bit. But I think it keeps the traitors on the toes. It keeps the audience on the toes. It's known for its twist. So, and you've got to keep the traitors. I'm working on it later, not getting so complacent. Mm-hmm. So you've got to keep them thinking, well, what's going on? As much as the faithfuls are in the dark, there's times you are going to have to be in the dark. Yeah, I'm glad you... And that's how I looked at it. Yeah, I, I was going to bring up something really similar that... And I, I guess I'll just jump ahead to it now. One of the criticisms, maybe, of the traitors is that the traitors themselves have such an advantage. Yeah. So I wondered if maybe this was... A little bit of help for the faithful 
that they got the chance for one episode at least to piece things together like diane was still there so she was able to say well here's who i interacted with last night so like that and actually spoiler if you've seen the episode if you're listening to this mm-hmm. that is kind of what ends up helping banish a traitor tonight is that diane was still around to tell people her information so do you do you think maybe that's why they've done it to just even the scales of it and help the faithful the them it's too traitor heavy watching it you almost even though you want them to win you know almost think the faithful's the consuming an okay job yeah and it's like even though the name is the traces it's like there's like 15 faithfuls and you think something kind of game because it's too power heavy yeah so maybe it was their idea it did pay off but i did think this could go completely hell <laughs> yeah so at breakfast the next day ross is the first to arrive he says he thought he'd be dead ross says this every day <laughs> every night ross thinks he's going he's convinced uh, and then funnily enough of course diane is the next to walk in so they get a little bit of time alone i reckon this was constructed by production and yeah. i think they wanted let's give those they could production know what's going to happen diane's going let's give them some final moments together mm. it's funny she she tells him to stop going after zach that's her advice um well i mean she's right because Zach's not a traitor but it's just really funny to hear diane like having a go at him <laughs> like giving her giving him like mum advice mm. uh, ross then uh says to her before anyone else is there they're getting rid of very smart people he's looking at the wall of portraits they're thinking about all the people who've been murdered so far he says they're getting rid of very smart people and diane says no no i'm still here and ross goes yeah exactly so they're having a bit of banter he's been a bit cheeky to his mum. it made me laugh i like that little moment ross then suggests to diane that maybe she could be a traitor and it's so funny because it, it mirrors like what happened last week when we saw her questioning maybe ross is a traitor so he's now having the same thought about his mum and he says well you know she's thrown out so many random names maybe that's sort of traitor behavior of course we know that neither of them are traitors and we know something bad is about to happen to diane Miles and Charlie then arrive, and Miles is so confused because he doesn't understand why Diane's there. So he's immediately having to act sort of not surprised by that. He his sister's just like, like a faithful who's walking in, celebrating. Harry is then in the next group of people to come in, and he's also totally confused. Next up is uh, Charlotte and Paul to come in together. Why do you notice? Like, I think actually you've said this to me before, Joe. They hammer that door. <laughs> like, we're already on edge. Even me home, I jumped out my seat at them, like, banging on the door. It's like a little it, bit much. It's so weird because I'm like, what are they expecting people to go over in here? Like, it's a question I've got and it really bugs me. So, when Ross and his mum were there. Well, Diane. Oh, I'm not even going to people. Um, Ross and Diane are there. Are they picked by production to go go down? Or could someone have gone down? Because I was thinking, I hope someone could catch up the mug and wake up. But is it done in a specific way where they're like, well, you two go down now and then? Is it almost like the lines up like the Montrap kids thing so long to go well? Do you think it's just that? I love that reference. Um, I think... 
you're I think it's very controlled. So I think yeah. uh, every day production will just go and not get one. Yeah. In fact, they must all, because of course we know they don't really stay in the castle. So they, they are, and we see them arrive by cars every day. That's not a secret. So mm -hmm. they really must arrive one by one. And even that must be coordinated, like, this jeep arrives first, then this jeep. So they'll they'll control the order of who arrives, and then they'll get them in the entrance of the hotel or the castle. Yeah. And, and they must yeah, right. come in. You two are going first. Mm -hmm. Next, yeah. Well, the last feel for all them cars coming in. Like, I'm just like, you can't such a bad point in the environment. Just about, like, 15 people. It is. Um, I'm a little bit around, like, <laughs> Don't they stay in them cars and uh, don't they stay in the castle in the US? They don't. They just oh, they, they just act like they do. So yeah, they, this, they also don't actually see that. But in the US show, they pretend as if they do. So they at the end of when I was, each night, yeah. they they show them walking up the stairs. But again, it's, yeah. it's all kind of just fake. Yeah, I think in the hammer on the door, maybe it's though they think we're the first in. But again, no one's going to go, we're here because everyone's on edge. But it did make me think the traces are slipping because as soon as every single one saw Diane, their faces just looked any more obvious of, and we fucked up. Yeah, if you're, if you're in the room and you're really observing everybody's reactions, you, you might pick up on that. Yeah, you might spot mm. why, why does, what you know, why does Harry look? So sure, like I don't know if I, I don't know mm. if you would pick up, but but maybe if you were if you were really mm. focusing on everybody when they came in, maybe yes, the player actually do that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not in this, but I I reckon in uh, no, this is not a spoiler. I reckon in Trios mm. Canada that happened a little bit with people picking up on certain people's entrances and how they and New Zealand as well in it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh. Zach and Andrew are the last two to arrive, and they are the you know that means that everybody's here and everyone's really surprised. Thanks. This is this is both well. Actually, they all think it's odd that those are the last two before they walk in because they're sort of saying, "Well, why would one of them be murdered?" That's their strange choices. But then they both arrive. Paul is in a. We see a little clip of his interview saying he's wondering if Miles has made a mistake. He's like, "Did he not?" do the challenge properly? Did they not actually meet Diane Drink at what's going on? Claudia then arrives to this really ominous, uh, threatening music, which I think sounds like the music I use on this podcast every time the episode discussion begins. So I, I'm not saying that they're stealing lots of things from me, but uh, <laughs> Claudia tells them, the traitors did still strike. Yesterday, one of you was poisoned. By the end of today's mission, they will be dead. Think of today as a slow march towards certain death. <laughs> it's so good up. It's brilliant. Well, I put in my camp. I put in my notes. It's so camp and OCT. Like, I was literally, and myself with laughter, I was like, you genuinely think that in America, on death rebel, so <laughs> it's sort of weird how they get caught up in murder and you genuinely think someone's dying. It's weird how, but. It must be like that because it's so heavy with emotion and that. Yeah, it's I, I can't is the perfect word to describe it. It's it's just brilliant. Uh, and and Claudia, I guess in the in the US, Alan Cubbing is very like that as well. Uh, but I just, <laughs> I just stand Claudia like she she she's just so good. Uh, 
that I noticed at this point, although I was kind of wrong in retrospect, there's some shots. When, when Claudia is saying this, she's saying one of you was murdered in plain sight sort of thing. There's some shots of Diane with this knowing look on her face. Like, I thought, oh, she's already figuring something out. There's a little tiny clip of Molly in an interview, which made me realise she, for me, I think she is the cast member we have seen the least of. Like, I, and I really like her. And I, I know almost nothing about her. There was one episode where we got a bit of her backstory and she talked about yeah. modelling. Um, but when seeing her in the interview clip, I thought, oh, we never see these from you. Mm-hmm. What do you, how do you feel about Molly? Love Molly. She's brilliant. I think what she does is stuff bringing awareness and that she's just such a likable person yeah but i actually don't think she's the least i think andrew is ah yeah you you said this to me we've seen nothing about andrew in any i don't think we've seen a bt um what do you mean by a vt like his is what's it called is it confessions yeah you've never seen a confessional they're pretty rare as well yeah um I guess he was spotlighted a little bit in the dungeon episode. So you kind of got some time. But I agree, I also feel like I don't really know Andrew very well either. Don't know half of them. <laughs> I mean, and it, it was weird when they were going, why is that in the last two? I'm like, well, he's pissed off, he's off half the way through the show. Like, which is not the only like, maybe he's on the chopping block. Like, it's just weird how, I suppose, all things go out the window. Yeah, uh we cut back to Diane and she starts to theorize about what's going on. She says, I got kissed by somebody yesterday and I thought it was weird. So I th- I thought already, oh, she's almost onto it. I mean, she's not quite there, but she's clearly remembering last season or last series of the show when, uh, I'll tr- I'm not going to mention names because I don't want to spoil mm-hmm. names for anyone who's not seen it, but this was kind of a mission in the first series, but instead of a poison chalice, a traitor had to kiss somebody. Um, so I think Diane is remembering that. And I think a few others also think of that. Uh, but then she she follows up by saying, of course, it doesn't have to be a kiss. Could be anything. And I've, I'm so conflicted as a viewer. Like, I'm loving it. It's, it's so exciting. On one hand, I want her to figure it out. On the other hand, I don't want her to figure it out. It's like, I'm so conflicted about who I want to get one over on the other. Um, and, and then Zach chips in. And he figures out, he figures out, like, Poison Chalice, surely it's something to do with a drink. And he says, was anyone given a drink yesterday? Uh, Andrew then asks someone, and I couldn't see who it was, he asks somebody about Jazz giving them a beer. And somebody says, yeah, Jazz gave me a beer. And Andrew, like, nods as if he's figuring something out, even though he completely isn't figuring something out. (laughs) So after breakfast, we see discussions around the house. There's a little scene with Paul. Paul is talking to Molly and Harry. In fact, this is outside, I think. And he says, well, I didn't hand any drinks out. And I th- I thought, oh, you're, you're so good at this, but you're such a snake. He's already protecting himself. Because Paul knows somebody was murdered with a drink. No one else knows that for sure. But he's, he's already planting another, pe- well, Molly anyway. He's already planting this idea that the murder happened via a drink. So he's already getting it out there. Well, I didn't give anybody a drink. So that if the truth comes to light, he can be free of it. So I 
I think even, like 10 minutes into the episode, he is already trying to turn eyes onto Miles. And, I mean, he's... Oh, I've talked about this on the podcast many times. He's playing the game. He's doing what he's supposed to do as a traitor. Like, I shouldn't be mad at that. I should be like, he's a great player. Well done. But I just can't help but be so angry at him. I just, like, I can't bear it. He's literally telling Molly, here's what happened, without telling her. Luckily, Zach then question there's a there's a is this also outside the house zach talks to jazz and he questions him about the drinks he's like did you give somebody a drink last night and jazz goes like, like yeah i did um and zach seems to think all right well you're being honest you you didn't lie to me so i think i don't suspect you and then jazz sort of whispers to zach i think paul's a traitor and zach agrees which is interesting because of what ends up happening at the round table but it seems like at least two people under the surface know that Paul's a traitor. They just don't they don't want to do too much about it yet. I'm sure you've got lots to say about Paul. <laughs> at, at this point in the episode, like do do you share my feelings that you're mad at Paul? Or do you like admire his gameplay? The cockiness sounds like I don't know, most of them think he's playing a game, I think it's him. E- like, to be the age of 30 and the thing, like, being popular in one little thing, which is what it was, I went to God, like, anyone going on in future, this is the word of warning, try not to be popular, try and just keep in the middle, because I don't know whether it's the fact he's a traitor or what, but I've watched crime documentaries, and he's almost acting like one of them people. Like, what did they <laughs> Like, like, killers behind bars like he is the type that you see talking about how he's done it and how he's cocky and he does all that it's exactly the same vibes and it's not normal and he's older so he should know better and he just acts like an absolute Joe asked me before we started recording if he could swear and I did say yes Um... sorry people sorry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so Diane is still theorising about who gave her a drink and she mentions Evie and then Miles and there's the most awkward conversation in the kitchen ever this is this is all taking place in the kitchen at this point because she asks she, she says it in front of Miles um, and then I think someone else asks him as well basically Miles is put on the spot and it's this repeat of, if you remember back to something like episode oh. two, do you remember at breakfast one day, Sonia came right up to Ash and said, are you a traitor? Kind of yeah. joke. And Ash yeah. was so um, caught in the headlights that she just went, sorry, what? I can't, and ca- I can't hear you. And Miles does the same thing here, that as soon as Diane says, you gave me a drink last night, it just goes, what? And it's this really funny thing that people often do when they're caught lying, is because they're panicked and they don't know what to say, they try and buy a bit of time by pretending they didn't hear. So as soon as I see him go, what? I think, oh, Miles, no, Miles, you need to be quicker. That You need to just go, yeah, yeah, I did give you a drink. Or like, oh, I can't remember. Or just don't don't say what. Just go with it. <laughs> and I I thought at this point in the episode... I made a I made a note saying I think this is the end of Miles. So I I predicted right here 
it was not going to go well in Rome. It's interesting because when Swan uses it, there was loads of chatting. So yeah. it was a little what are you saying? Whereas when Miles said that he could hear a pin drop in the room, that's exactly a good idea where it's deadly silence and you're like, I can't hear you because he's not there. Um, so it was just really awkward. I was like, oh, I it's really just watching. Very similar to season one, no spoilers, but it gave me that vibe of I want the room to follow me up. Yeah, yes. It's funny though because at this point, Diane doesn't actually seem to suspect Miles. Like, she kind of laughs with him about it. So she's on to him, yet not really on to him for now, anyway. We'll see what happens. It's time for the mission. We meet Claudia outside the castle. I'm Joe. You can't see Joe right now, so I can see Joe. I think Joe's thinking the same thing as me. Can we just say how iconic? is claudia in this moment the outfit oh. is everything to me it's she's just get she needs a they need to just give her the bafta now for best host of a, of yeah. a best tv presenter she's gonna win it do you know what do you know what's so fun about her as well we know how funny she is we've seen her on strictly yeah. we've seen her in awkward interviews but that's what's seven and oh three where it she's had the time of cringe but a co- she plays so cold well and she's not even an actor like she's not an actress she is a presenter but she's playing better than most actors would i so agree and it's so funny because lots of, i know most of the people who are listening to this are in the uk but a lot of people from the us and australia and canada listen and other places which is really cool mm-hmm. i saw a lot of people overseas will only know Claudia from the traitors and I think it would be so funny for them to see her on, like doing Strictly or on, as I said this in another episode, she was on Graham Norton a few weeks ago yeah. and she is usually so, she's hilarious she's so, I I love Claudia she's so funny, she's mm. quite, not wacky but quite irreverent and quite an oddball actually so the traitors yeah. is actually not, I think what she's usually like, she's not the way when you see her in the challenge, you know, sometimes in the missions when she's screaming at them, that's yeah. Claudia mostly. Yeah, that's usually what she's like. Well, if you're any distractible, <laughs> yeah. oh, she or she needs to do a sponsorship deal with Strictles. Oh, um, <laughs> but I've just had the thought why she might be good because her mum is an actress. Oh, and her, her mum is, I was like, Leave well, well, she was in French and Saunders. So it's there's it's like a sort of TV family. So maybe she's picked up from a mum, and that's why she can play cold because her mum is an actress. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. So Claudia speaks. They, they as well as her being in like this amazing outfit. They are all dressed in black, like they're actually going to a funeral. I mean, it's it's actually very morbid. Um, and Claudia reminds them about the poison. She says, by the end of the mission, someone will be dead. Charlie gets a little bit of Mev time. When I say Mev, I mean main interview, confessional. She says she feels like the Grim Reaper is coming. I also making a wee prediction here. I think I've said this before. I think Charlie will be here until the finale. Purely yeah. because she. I, I feel like in every episode she gets little moments of interviews. Like I think they're yeah. trying to highlight that she's quite funny. Um, like in the mission where they were outside in the graveyard and she was like, yeah, let's do this and then immediately got eliminated five seconds later. I think they're trying to show us 
she's quite like I think you said she's quite got like juicy Gibson energy. Juicy Gibson vibes from Big Brother and now she's like a celebrity. Um but she was on the every Big Brother like a normal one. But I think like it must be a Bristolian thing because they're actually really likable. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like she's also likable, but it's like I wonder if they see Charlie and they're like, look, let's try and make her because she does have something where I could see her go on to TV after this. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Because she's got, like, ability, and she's the only one that's getting her time out of baseballs. Yeah, she could be good on, like, the radio. She could do exactly, a yeah. podcast. Yeah, she seems really funny and like her. Oh, yeah. I think, I think they're showing us these little moments because she's going to yeah. go all the way. And not necessarily mm-hmm. win, but I think she's here to, like, last episode, second last episode. Mm. Calling it it. So, uh, Claudia also tells them that there will be £7,000 available today. It's kind of another treasure hunt. So, they are going to follow clues about the murdered player to figure out their identity. Uh, she also tells them Jasmine hasn't been poisoned because Jasmine had a shield. So, she's already said, I had actually forgotten that. Two observations before we go through the mission. A, how the hell did they do this overnight? Because the traitors only picked... Diane last night unless there's a day in between filming and they're fooling us a bit here but production had to find out who was going to be murdered and then make all the clues on the mission work to lead all the way up to Diane so so it's like they must have had to do this overnight it's it's Mm. wild um B that was my A point B this (laughs) is I'm going to make quite a complex point here maybe it's not complex this is the first challenge I've seen that's like really interlinked with the actual game itself. So what I mean is, it's not just some random, oh, let's go out to a lake and run across a bridge. It's not just like a physical challenge that's not really got anything to do with the traitors. What I mean is, in this challenge, it's all about truth and lies and what you know about people. So the traitors in in this mission have to act the whole time. They have to act like they don't know what's going on. And they have to like pretend that they're guessing the answers to the clues. Although the clues are not actually that difficult to figure out. They're, you just need to like a basic memory to know the answers. So yeah, I think the real game of the traitors is linked. I, I just want more missions like this. I think I like that it's all about still at this point, lying and acting and pretending and looking around you and like who who's pretending they don't know the answers here. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, I do. it's interesting because I do, and I know it's come up a lot on stuff that people do feel has been big as it's caught. And it, it does feel like there are times where you're like, I, I'm struggling to know when something ain't happened. But I almost find as well, this challenge is good because, like you say, it keeps the traces on toes. Yeah. But the thing that I'm not a fan of is it's so obvious that just one of them it's like it's not giving you like it could be three or and that's something that's annoying me they don't know how many there is like i almost think they still think there's well there is three of them but i don't know it just feels like rather than just give miles like let's just like it's not a spoil book like let's just pin everything on them it's like why don't you shine on people that people aren't thinking of yeah like i think that's and maybe it's a balancing act and I also think they put two challenges in one with this. Because this is like the wheelbarrow mission where you need the clues and that. And the other one where you have to sit in the coffin mission. Yeah, you're right. 
yeah, in season one, there was literally a buried alive mission. And it feels like you're just combining it into remix and one big, which in a way, I've never been so thick, full of giggles, and on their chill time. <laughs> the darkness just astounds with me. Well, let's go through the clues then. So, the first mm-hmm. clue is. Those who won a shield in the first mission have not been murdered, so they figure out that's Jazz and Harry. I'm going to say something here that's probably very inappropriate, right? But I just have to get it out. I'm naming Jazz as trade of the season. He's a very handsome man, and I just can't help but notice it. I'm just trying to compliment him. (laughs) So, but anyway, Joe's like politely nothing. (laughs) No, we're trade of the season. I think it's a good thing. I think... But I'm not. I mean, if Paul wasn't as arrogant, he probably would have been. But oh, sorry, <laughs> anyone who's got no idea what I'm talking about, um, it's a RuPaul's Drag Race reference, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> Harry is then in the carriage. He's he's theorizing about again who took drinks from who, who, who committed this this murder, and he name checks Miles very quickly. So I he's he's picking up from what Paul was doing. He's yeah. in for the kill. Uh I predicted at this point, and actually, I'm going to admit, I would, my prediction was wrong. I wondered if Ross might genuinely get really upset in this mission and actually start crying, maybe even spill the beans about his relationship. But he doesn't. I, I just, I, I bet it, it must have been really tough on him, though. Yeah. The second clue is presented by a choir. And uh, what this is, remember, I, I told you that I know somebody who went and tested out games so one of one of them is there and she's she's one of the i didn't know she was doing this so i thought she just she was doing a thing where she had to pose with a cloak instead but she was on screen here so this is where this is i get maybe she wasn't allowed to tell me that and that's why i didn't know so the choir deliver uh, the next clue that they say the players well they sing the next clue players who are safe are players who received a vote at last night's round table so that's zach andrew ross which means uh ross is safer now and Diane is not safe, so he's starting to worry about his mum and what's going to happen. Third clue, we arrive at a shrine to Tracy. This is, it's, the camp is excellent. Uh, I laughed so much. And the clue from beyond the grave from Clairvoyant Tracy is that the player who is safe is the player Tracy would have left all her worldly goods to. So she must have answered this in like a survey for one of the other tasks. Like they must have all been asked, which other player would you leave all your worldly goods to? So it's it's whatever Tracy had answered to that. Yeah. Diane thinks it's either her or Evie. They all go for Diane, which is what I would have thought as well, because I know that those two go on really well. But actually, yeah. it's incorrect. So I think the answer must have been Evie. They just don't tell us. Yeah, I mean, couldn't they have thought of a better question? Like, I'm sorry, there are a bunch of strangers. I would not be leaving any of my worldly goods. I wouldn't even trust them. That's not am. Wait, that'd be one if it was Ross. If it was something like Diana gave a worldly possession to and Ross was on it, that'd be quite funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if they'd asked me that, I would have been like, I'm leaving all my worldly possessions to Claudia. None of these. Yeah, someone who's safe. <laughs> but it, it was uh, even the same bit when I watched it, I thought, my own drugs, because it felt very overwhelming. And I was like, again, it felt like that mask mission again, another. They were ready to put them off. Would have been good with masks on, actually, and just had these masks thing. <laughs> um, and just make it even more scarier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just, 
wild was the word. Yeah. The players in the carriage then are still theorizing about who drink who took drinks from who, and I, I get it feels like Harry is leading that conversation. I think he needs to be careful not to be too yeah. eager, and not you know he. It's good that he's acting like a faithful, but he also needs to chill out a, a bit. I think the fourth clue in the mission is players who are safe have never received a vote at round table. And this is quite interesting to see that there's five, uh, sorry, four people who have never had a vote, and that's Molly, Miles, Charlie, and Charlotte. They know this, it's correct. And that means that Diane, Evie, and Paul are the only three left. And a really crucial moment in the episode comes here. Diane says a few things. She says, if she's, <laughs> actually, in her interview, I think it is, she goes, if I was a traitor, I would have got rid of me. And then she says to it, I thought she was saying it to Evie, although it turns out later, Evie thinks she wasn't saying this to her. She sort of whispers. In fact, it is to Evie because she says, if he dies, meaning he, Paul, she says, if he dies, it's Jazz. If I die, it's Miles. And Paul, Paul then starts basically stirring shit against Miles. <laughs> um, oh. as, as Diane would say, very sneaky, very sneaky. Mm. And uh, he's asking her, he's like really provoking her. He's like, what What did Miles say when he gave you the drink? So, like basically, Paul and Harry have turned on Miles at this point. Um, and I feel like they probably let Miles deliberately do that part of the mission. Like, he was the one to hand over the chalice. Like, I think, yeah, they, they were quite happy to let him do that because they thought all of this could have come about. Mm. I have a bit of a theory on this, actually, on the whole thing. Um, I actually think someone's seen them in the library, and I think the hole's in a seat in the back pocket. Oh, who do you think saw them? Um, I think either Zach or Chaz. Hmm, interesting. Maybe... Um, maybe or Millie. Yeah. Or Millie, yeah, because I, st I still feel the amount of time they look for people. Oh, my God, I know. Someone had to have maybe they cut because you don't want to see 30 minutes some scrambler but someone may be seeing something I would love um, to because I've noticed Charlie uh, Charlotte isn't very defensive of them anymore so I'm actually thinking that she's seen something that I would love that if in a future episode one mm. of them does one mm. of them suddenly goes wait a minute remember that night when that when the chalice happened I saw Miles and Paul and Harry in the library, and I did think it was a bit strange, but then yeah. I forgot about it. That would, yeah. that would be great if someone um, thought back to it. And I do, have, I do have a question about Diane. Do you know when she was asked the question about Tracy, yeah. and she went back, why didn't they kind of click and go, she's dead then? Because wouldn't you automatically go on the carriage? Uh, well, because she, because she was the wrong answer. Oh, was she? The... Yeah, but what was happened if she'd have got it right? Because she wouldn't have gone on the carriage, would she? No, but that means that Tracy didn't pick her. Oh, oh true. Yeah, that's what I, I think. Only want to say, yeah, that's why I think Tracy's answer must have been Evie. It has but to be because they didn't pick Evie. Neither of them got on the carriage. Or do you think she said Diane? But because Diane had to be murdered, she was no one boys anyway. No, because then they wouldn't have asked them that question. Oh, God, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm as confused as I am. <laughs> it's very confusing, actually. When when Claudia explained the mission at first, I also didn't totally understand it. Mm-hmm. I had to watch it play through. Although, actually, mm-hmm. this might be a good point to mention. This challenge has been used in another version of The Traitors. So I got a message on Instagram from someone called Nadia. Mm-hmm. Nadia said, just wanted to let you know that the challenge of today's episode was similar to one done in Norway. Uh, and she even gives me it really specific. She says, season three, episode 13. And they've got 13 episodes. Quietly, quietly long. She says there were some differences, one being they split into teams and had to answer questions about who the victim was. They even had to pick up a wreath and carry the coffin themselves. So thank you, Nadia. Uh, it's nice when people tell me about non-English speaking versions because I haven't seen all mm. of those. Uh, so Nadia is like an unpaid researcher. Thank you very much. So, uh, we arrive at the end of the mission and there are these coffins laid out. And like you said, it did also remind me of that, the mission from last series when they literally had to get in coffins mm-hmm. and be buried alive. Mm-hmm. It's really horrible. Like, it's amazing TV, but it, it's so morbid and poor Ross. Like, how must he feel to have to see his mum get in this coffin? So Because they, they have to get in there and lie there. <laughs> poor Diane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the... the Safe players then, without conferring, have to throw roses into the coffin of the player they think is murdered. If their prediction as a group is correct, they'll win the 7,000. Paul then... (sighs) Paul starts hamming it up. Well, I mean, he gets away with it. He says he's going to start shaking his legs and um, sort of hyperventilating. So here's how they vote with the roses. Jazz goes for Evie, and he thinks they've murdered Evie as a confusion tactic because there's no clear logic behind it. Harry picks <laughs> Harry picks Diane, and I know immediately what he's going to do. He's going to go on about the drinks. He's going to blame it on who he knows received the drinks. Even though they've not been told this is how somebody was murdered, he again, he's very sneaky. So Harry's, Harry's figured out how, how what he's going to do he's going to get miles out molly also goes for diane she thinks <laughs> now i've got a po- i've got a really important point to make here and i'll probably come back to it later molly thinks diane is too clever and that's why the traitors want to get rid of her i'm going to say it now and i'll come back to it later why do they all think diane is too clever i'm not being funny but she's had nothing right so far i mean she's probably a very clever woman in general like i'm sure she's very far just not at this game <laughs> Do you know when you're a retired teacher though, and I think we all have these things in our head, like I'm guessing was she a headmistress or a deputy guys. I just can't see it being like an English teacher. I think this is So if they're thinking that and they might know what she wasn't, because we actually didn't know what she was in the school. We actually didn't know what type of teacher. But if she was like a high up level, which I'm guessing she was, then God help if Ross went to the same school. Um there's nothing in that, but I think just saying that you're automatically clever just in that respect. So maybe they're looking at it from a personal standpoint. Yeah, that makes sense. That they just immediately um, they innately trust her judgment, and they mm. they think she's really good at the game. Do you know? Do you know when you were looking at Diane in the coffin? There was actually a point where I thought she looked dead. Mm. Do you know, like when you are mid summer meters and you see them there, she just looks so still, and I was like, "Oh, I wish she'd move." Oh, 
Now, I don't mean that rudely because you've got cold. They're doing like bloody time warp moves and the thing. But it was so scary. And that's where I was like, this is creepy because she looks dead. She, I think she was, yeah, she was so freaked out by it and probably knew she was going that I think she, she probably was just frozen in fear a little bit. Poor Diane. Oh, no. <laughs> Next up, Miles uh, has thrown his rose. He picks Paul. He says something about him also t- taking a drink. Well, I, I, re- I couldn't understand what he was saying. I rewound it back. I put on subtitles. And I couldn't actually, I don't even think the subtitles were accurate. Um, I wish that on set they'd asked him to repeat it. I wish they'd said cut yeah. Paul, Paul uh, sorry, Miles, could you just say that again? Because I really could understand what he was saying. Mm. Uh, Zach then goes for Diane. He says that she's the more obvious target for the traitors. Doesn't actually explain why though. Ross is next and Ross has to go for um, he picks Diane. Oh. And he thinks, well, if Paul only took one drink, it's probably not him, but I don't, he could have gone for Evie. But then I guess Evie maybe didn't take a drink from anyone. And Diane has this moment where she just walks oh, up and she says bye. All of a sudden, heartbreaking. Um, I mean, even though they're an Afton family, still, obviously, that has got to be one of the hardest things that I've ever watched. And it's a buzzy game show. Well, it's a reality game show. But it was just so, uh, it was almost like, I don't know, blaring reality a little bit. It was just weird, and I thought, mm. but because no one knows, again, I don't know. It's just it was uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, it was. It was a really tough. Um, I did want to go. No, on you go. I was going to say, if they call got all the roses, I'd love the twist for being whoever got them roses was out. And the poison is wears off. Because when Claudia yeah. said whoever gets the most roses is out the game, she didn't clearly state it was the poison victim. So in my head, I was like, like, if we maybe get Paul or Evie out and put the flowers in. Because she, when she stated it and I noticed it, she said, whoever gets the most roses, I believe she says, is out this game. She never specifically says the person who was poisoned. Unless we'd have lost two people. Yeah, they could have died and then some twist like that to say, actually, you've just condemned the person to murder. I would be, again, to quote Diane, very sneaky. So I don't, I think that might be a twist too far. But yeah, I mean, I can see them really pulling the rug out from them under something. Uh, uh, at some well, imagine if that twist was in this episode, it's been amazing. It's been even better. <laughs> uh, up next. Uh, the next three people really it's Charlotte, Charlotte, Jasmine. They all throw the roses into Diane. We don't see them all oh. any explanation. Andrew's last and he picks Paul and again says something about him receiving a drink off of one person. Uh, also, I found it quite difficult to understand, Andrew. That's not his accent. I've, I've, I've already said something disparaging about his Welsh accent before. I do apologise. It's actually that he's mumbling. He's just not speaking clearly. Mm-hmm. The consensus then is Diane, and we are going to wait and find out if oh. I'm correct. So Claudia does her pacing back and forth in very dramatic fashion and says the player murdered by the traitors is... And she slams the coffin door shut on Queen Diane 
per Ross, the entire community of gay Twitter will enter a month of mourning. Harry is, Harry's crying, and I thought, boo. And then we see Paul's face, and I just thought, boo, you. Claude, see, Claudia does this thing here. I've got a theory. She says, any final words? And Ross speaks. And I thought, oh, he's, he's going he's gonna to tell them the truth now. This is the moment. And I think production probably wanted it. Like, I think they were encouraging it by, by saying to Claudia, right, you're going to do this line. You're going to ask any final words because we want Ross to reveal the truth. But uh, he doesn't. <laughs> he, just, he just says, oh, she's, she was a great player or something like that. And we cut to Diana in our interview. She says she thinks the traitors are playing a blindingly good game. And she also thinks that she's been killed because she's too good. She's not. Claudia then bigs them up about, you know, they're going to get revenge tonight. Uh, I think this was a great challenge. I want them to bring this back next yeah. season. So much fun. So morbid and horrible. Um, I, I, yeah, I want to see it again. I thought, I thought it was so I effective. I just want to say, so where do you put two traitors in the dungeon bit? I think this is the perfect time to put two traitors in it. And the... In the bottom. Yeah, leave to... Yeah, well, I guess they... We had one with Paul, but yeah, if they had worked out in a way, why do you think, why do you think that would be good? I think because you've given the faithful more a chance of getting further, because we say it's very traitor heavy. Like, they're running this game, whether you like any of them or not. The traitors have always got a power in the sense of they're always acting and that, but they've also got a smugness that I think I'd love to just see them where it might not be a poison chalice, it might be whoever gets the most roses is gone. And if that means it's a draw, both of them are shot. Yeah, because the, tra- the only way the traitors leave this game is banishment. They... They are, they're never murdered, so... There's no other way to get rid of them. Yeah, so this would be maybe a chance to get rid of them a different way that's not banishment. You just have to do stuff. I mean, I'd love to answer, come back and be like a watcher or something like that. <laughs> but we can't have that anymore. Like in uh, this year's Big Brother UK, when some of the evicted players appear in the mirror... Or, or like, yeah. race when that happens. I would love to. Yeah. I added a mirror in the cat. Oh, <laughs> my God, can you imagine? And Robin breaking down by the clock. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back in the cars after the mission. Paul is instantly on miles. He's, he's talking to the people he's traveling with. And he says Diane was adamant it was miles. I mean, she was hardly adamant. She made a suggestion. <laughs> Paul then cut, we cut to Paul's interview and he says, the group, it's time the group find another traitor. The thing is, right here, I'm going to talk a little bit about Paul again. Like, I'll, I'm going to preface this. Paul is a random human being, probably a nice guy, or maybe not. And he's a contestant on a game show. Don't come for Paul on social media. Don't find them and send up horrible messages. Like, just don't, don't do that. Like, we know nothing about Paul really, right? Yeah. But <laughs> what what strikes me about Paul is he has no qualms about this. Like when he's talking in his interview about yeah, time to get rid of Miles, he doesn't look bothered by it. He's so calm. Like I I want the traitors to play the game. Like I want people to be good traitors. But I kind of also want them to be like a bit torn up about it and be like, oh god, I'm, yeah, I'm a traitor. I'm gonna have to pick Miles. I feel so bad about it. 
like, you know, I've got to do what I've got to do. Paul has none of that. He just seems unbothered that he's now going to get rid of Mel's and Mel's will have none of this cash prize. It's a 15-year thing you struggled with. You won 20 on the other loop. And when he calls him for the rest of his life, and he's like, look, I want to win 120. I got 20. Really torn me up. I was probably there for weeks. And... Yeah, I kind of wonder if that's a chip on his shoulder and he's become that, that nasty. In game terms, I want to make it clear, I'm not, he's not a test that you should protect within this game. He's not saying he's personally anything nasty. I don't know him. These are just characters in a weird way. Yeah. Like Drag Race, they're just editors in a way. And he has probably got more screen time. And this is why probably people haven't got screen time. Yeah. And meanwhile, Miles, of course, is in his car and he's trying mm-hmm. to downplay the drinks thing. Yeah. Zach says, and again, Zach's in a different car. Zach says, well, it's pretty obvious that Miles is the traitor. But he does also suspect Paul and Molly agrees. She says, yeah, I think there's also something about Paul that I just can't shake. And while they're saying this, Harry is in the front of their car. So, you know, Harry's always seems to be in the right place at the right time. He's really, because everybody trusts him, I think, they just say whatever they want in front of Harry. So he's in a good position to gather into, although I think he messed up with Jazz, because when Jazz said to him the other night, I think Paul's a traitor, Harry Mm -hmm. then went straight to Paul's and told him this, which I don't know was a wise decision, which Jazz has also picked up on. So, uh, I... Again, I at this point, I just thought Miles is going. I I can't see how Miles is going to escape this much of a spotlight on him from, from all different places. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Back at the house then, Zach asks Miles, I think it's just the two of them at this point. They're just talking with no one else around. And Zach says, who are you going for tonight? And I think Miles makes another mistake here. I think it's his second sort of big mistake of the episode. He does this thing where he just doesn't answer. He just says, oh, well, oh, I'm not sure. I'm going to have to wait and see. I don't know what I'm thinking. And it's exactly what Harry had just accused him of this in the car, of never really speaking up that much, especially at round table. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Miles should have just named somebody for Zach. I, I think to... We see this a lot with traitors. I think it's a common mistake where they're too calm when they're acute and they, they don't want to put out any names. So I, I think this is a mistake. 
do you do you think claims have a bad though and looking at it in one sense because that's quite good this game let's say him and jazz are like playing it really well if you just said the name you'd be thinking that's a bit weird why are you doing it i think when you're a traitor it's a bit there's times when it's too late where people are going to pick up that yeah start like if you just said the name years away yeah i mean he could have just said harry but then i'm like because he's so used to being like i'm not sure i've got you know like all that you always think why are you being so honest now when it's like you're seven days in you know what i'm getting that's a good point maybe it would be out of character for miles to say that that's what i mean yeah come for someone yeah and didn't think of it that way that's a good point in this conversation as well zach though is quite honest with miles and he says look I think it's between you and Evie tonight. And I still think Miles is too calm in response to that. I think if I think if you're really a faithful, you'd you'd be a bit more animated and you'd get a bit upset about that and you'd be like, mm. what or you'd look you'd try and look worried. Mm. But I think Miles again just sort of sits back and doesn't really react. Then again, mm. on the other end of that spectrum, you can't go nuts. You can't be like, what? Don't, how dare you accuse me? And we've seen that in the past before. Oh. I don't want to do spoilers, mm. but we've seen no, no, no. I'll do in series one of Traitors UK. We've seen a we've seen a traitor be accused and really lose their mind. And yeah, yeah. That doesn't end well for them either. Yeah, um, I think and it's weird with Evie because when I watched that clip, Diane gives Evie the drink and Evie hands it back to her. Evie actually had nothing to do with the chalice. Like, this is the thing where I'm like, Edgerton's a mess, or they told something that they're just believing. But Evie just went, 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 said, Do you want it in Trent now? And she gave her it back. She didn't actually hands her a drink. She took, gave her a drink back that she offered her. Yeah, unless. Miles is the one that offered the drink and went, Here's your drink. Unless that there was a whole separate incident, like maybe half an hour before that, he had given yeah. her a drink and we didn't. Oh, yeah, maybe. Like... I just think Miles needed to shut up. To be honest, I think he was digging himself a hole. <laughs> he couldn't shut up about it. It was almost like he'd gone himself back to Cameron's where you just can't let it go and you're like, it's not me, it's not me. And it's like, you're not believable because you're looking like you're sweating. Yeah, I think it was probably already too late for him and I think he knew the writing was on the wall. Yeah, actually, we see Miles eavesdropping on a room with a bunch of people talk. Mm. And, he, and one of the people in the room is Harry who, so, and Harry's kind of leading a bit of a conversation against Miles mm. so Miles comes in uh, Ross is also talking about what Diane had said when she was with Paul and Evie at the end of the mission it's it's a very awkward moment when Miles comes in mm. Evie's the only one actually at this point who sort of says look we don't even know it's connected to the drink now she's wrong but she's good to say that they don't they don't know what's right or wrong we know yeah, what to do yeah. mm-hmm. and miles says well who's pushing this agenda that it's all about a drink and ross says paul so for a moment i thought okay maybe this is not good for paul maybe they're gonna suspect that paul's pushing something here but of course we if <laughs> we see what ends up happening and, and we move to the mm-hmm. round table next so they all walk to the round table still in their black funeral outfits so it's like they're they're going to like the funeral reception now 
Harry is anticipating another Ash situation. He's worried that maybe he and Paul vote for Miles, but then Miles doesn't actually go, and then they have to face him in Traitor's Tower, and it's going to be awkward. Mm. Um, Claudia comes in then, and actually, before Claudia gets... I don't want to like go on about Paul too much, right? But there is another bit of Paul in his interview... <laughs> He just seems so unfazed by what's happening. This is what's creepy about him. He he kind of just laughs it all off. And I'm like, yeah, I know it's a game, but feel a little bit bad, Paul. Like, pretend that you feel bad about what you're about to do to Miles, but he just doesn't, so he's not doing himself any favours. He's, he's just emotionally... I mean, again, you're in a pressure cooker, and most people wouldn't, but then Harry's acting very... Not in the cocky way, but... There's not really emotion. Like, they're just stoic. And I'm almost thinking as a traitor, is that a giveaway? Is that sort of people need to start looking at and going, these are two calm around this round table? Because Harry interjects, well, interjects a lot when stuff don't even involve them. That would make me think, what's it going to do with you? Because he's very protective over Paul, which is like, I don't know why, because I really don't think Paul gives two shits about you. I think it's time needs to go be get your out. Oh, yeah. Um, but I also think, and I wonder what you think, are these banishments happening earlier in the episodes, or is it just me? They have... In the past two episodes, I've felt like they've happened, especially the last... Uh, the previous episode, yeah. episode six, it was so early because so much time was then devoted to the secret mm-hmm. mission. I... Yeah, this episode, you're right, It's it, there's a lot more time after the banishment yeah. episode. A real, I mean, no, relative, relatively more time, but yeah. it does, I noticed that as well. I felt like the, after the mission, the mission took up quite a chunk of the episode and then it was yeah. very quickly onto round table. So yeah, I did feel mm-hmm. that too, yeah. Claudia, so she, she tells them that the prize fund at this point is £56,550. She asks who'd like to begin. And even this is quite significant. It's a split second. Paul and Miles both try and speak at the same time. But Paul, Miles, probably because he's quite mild-mannered, he just lets Paul interrupt him and he sits back and he doesn't... Of course, Paul just goes for it and doesn't care about cutting off Miles. And he immediately comes for Miles. He repeats this thing. Here's what Diane said to me. Diane said that if she was murdered, then it was Miles that did it. I'd like to make a point. I don't think I've said this yet. I don't think this really... I think they put way too much importance on this, even though it works and they get a traitor. Just because Diane said... Just because Diane said it doesn't mean it's true. And I think they're all like, oh my God, Diane thinks it was Miles. That means it's Miles. Diane's thought it's about 10 different people at this point. It doesn't mean anything. So I think... They just treat it as concrete evidence that because yeah. Diane thought that Miles is a hundred percent a treat. They just she just happened to be right this time, but it's funny how they they I suppose they've not got much else to go on, so maybe, maybe mm-hmm. it's not. Uh, Paul and Harry, which su- this surprise you actually mentioned this a second ago. Mm-hmm. Harry jumps in here and I think he shouldn't I think Harry didn't need to do anything yet. Paul was doing all the work. And Harry starts getting too involved. I think generally, for me, Harry's playing an amazing game. Yeah. But I did think he didn't need to speak here. 
So Paul and Evie mm-hmm. both like pair up and they ask mm-hmm. Evie, well, can you corroborate? Like, did Diane say that? If, the, the weird, this, I, I referenced this earlier. The weird thing is that Evie does it. Evie's like, oh, I didn't actually hear it. Evie says, oh yeah, she was, her and Diane and Paul were whispering and I didn't really hear it. She says, oh yeah, I heard the name Miles and Jazz, but I didn't really know the context. The thing is, Diane was saying it to Evie. So I think Evie was just probably at that moment panicking about thinking she was going to get murdered. She probably wasn't really well, Diane. Unless she did say it and she shut it off because she kind of knows Paul is one and she doesn't want to get in there dating. Yeah. Because, yeah. again, even though we're not seeing everyone in the mix, um, I think we're starting to slowly flesh these people out. Like, Evie's starting to become someone who's a bit more... Well, it's a few episodes ago, I didn't even know she was there. Um, so she thought, and I, I got the vibe that I think she was playing a good game. I don't think she was. I think she knew what they said, but I think one, I think people do know it's Paul. I just think for some reason, and I don't know why they don't go for Paul because it's the way you get Harry out because Harry won't go against them. I still think, but I think Harry messed up a few times in this episode. Okay. He said something about someone crying. And you shouldn't get emotional because it's only a game. And I thought, well, you did that with Johnny. And so I thought you shouldn't really be saying that when you've done it. Mm-hmm. And he said about the Ash thing. And I thought, yeah, but you were happy to throw Ash from the bus. Mm-hmm. Why would you think Miles wasn't go? Because it was between them or Paul. There was no one else this was going on. I-, I almost think he's getting cocky as well. In a very... yeah. In a very undertone, not undertone in a bad way, but more under the radar. Yeah, and I think if, I, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Harry hasn't had a single vote at banishment. Not yet. So, yeah, maybe he, maybe is going to get a bit ahead of him. And I think Jazz. I think when Paul told Jazz that he told Harry, I don't think for a minute Jazz is thick. I think he knows he's a traitor, but you need power in numbers at this game. Yeah, totally agree. I also think that's so interesting what you said about Evie, that maybe she didn't corroborate what Diane said because she suspects Paul and she just doesn't want to do Paul any favours. I'm going to make a prediction now. I was going to save this till the end. I predict Evie's going to get banished next week. I think because of what happens now at the round table, they're all all going to... And of course, Harry and Paul will jump on this. I think they'll look to Evie and go, well... You were with Miles. You were. You also were trying to get Diane to take that drink, and they're going to think that Evie and Miles were in it together. So, and mm-hmm. Evie was kind of defending yeah. Miles a bit. So I, I think they will naturally think she's a traitor with Miles. I'll tell you at the end when I think I'm not going to say it now. Okay. Uh, Evie, in fact, Evie does admit that she also gave Diane a drink, which mm-hmm. may or may not be wise. Um, Paul, and then of course Paul says, "So you could be a traitor as well." And I, I just, it's so annoying uh, because I just want, it's, I mean, this is why the TV show is so amazing because you get so involved, it's ridiculous, it's just a game, but you just want to reach into the screen and shake all the faithful and go, look what Paul's doing, stop it. Uh, Harry and Paul, again, I think are being way too forward about mm-hmm. the drink thing. And Evie actually does pick up on it. She says, why are you pushing the narrative of the drink to both of them? So I think you're right. I think Evie is 
figuring out what's going on. I just, I, I think they're all going to turn on her next week. Ross then brings it back to Diane, and he's making this argument that if she definitely said that she thought Miles was the traitor, then it must be true. Again, it, it is true, but Diane didn't actually know that. And she, I think, I mean, I just think Diane was guessing and she got lucky. Like, Diane also thought it might have been that somebody kissed her. So she, she just, it was just one of her theories. And Paul does this whole thing that we've seen many people do on the show. He says, if we banish Miles and he's a faithful, get rid of me tomorrow. Of course, oh. he knows that Miles is a traitor. So he knows he can totally say that freely with no consequences. And oh. Paul then does this thing that, again, I hope someone picks up on how obvious it is. He does this, he builds this whole case against Miles based on retrospective things. So he's like, but actually, I've noticed all these other things about Miles over the past few weeks. I've noticed that he um, is really, really quiet at the round table. And I've noticed that he's just so, he never puts anyone's name out there. And actually, I've noticed that he's too cams. Like, so he just starts piling it on Miles to oh. be so obvious and blatant. But, but no one else seems to pick up on it except Molly. And Molly does say, if you've noticed this, why have you never brought it up before? Mm. And Paul gives yeah. a lame answer that I can't even mm. follow. Well, if I was Miles, and this would have been a way to get Paul out, actually, as he went, well, do you know what? At least I didn't swear on my wife and children that I'm not a traitor. And as I went both for him, and if he's one, get him out. Because I just assumed that, and I know people go, that's like emotional blackmail, but I'm like, Paul's done it for half of this show. We're about to deal with him crying. There's times at this round table that he doesn't look like he wants to be there. Yeah, yeah. Like he's just sitting there, like, and I'm like, God. And I, if I was mad, I'd went, Yeah, I didn't use my children or my partner as a thingy that I'm not a traitor. And as he just says, vote for him. Yeah. Because that could have actually obtained them into it. That could, but I don't think they remember round table. No, they they do have a short-term memory a lot of the time. Harry then asks who Miles thinks it is then. He's like, if you it's not you, who do you think? And Miles, he, he comes for Paul and he's like, I think Miles just realises, look, if I'm, I'm probably going, I might as well give it my best shot. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes for Paul. And I'm, on one hand, I'm like glad that he's doing it. On the other, I think... Maybe it's a bad idea for him to come for Paul because now if Miles gets banished and says I'm a traitor, no one's going to believe anything that Miles ever said. So they're going to be like, oh, I mean, I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself because actually this is mm. essentially what does end up happening. Miles brings up the dungeon thing, the fact that Paul was in the dungeon and the traitors had the chance to murder him but didn't. And that's really strange. Why did they murder Meg over him? And there's this back and forth between Miles and Paul for a while. And now, another, what I think is a very significant moment, is Harry becomes the snaky one. Because he whispers to Zach, do you think this is two traitors going at each other? And Zach says, yeah. And I, I, Harry's like, I, I agree with you, maybe he's getting a wee bit too confident and he's saying stuff sometimes when he doesn't need to, but I'm like, Harry's playing Miles and Paul here. So Harry's about to get Miles out, but he's already working with Zach 
to plant a little seed against and it Paul and he does it later on at the bar too. Mm-hmm. Zach speaks up and I just I don't know what to make of Zach because he just goes back and forth all the time. He says he's never been able to cross Paul off as a suspect. He's always got this lingering suspicion of Paul. <laughs> and he says, Paul, your behavior right now is classic traitor. And he says, you're really influential. It's weird that you've been building up a secret case against Miles and now you're dropping him in it. And he also brings up the Dungeon Megan scenario. There's a brief shot of Harry looking like he's really, really stressed out. I wondered if Harry was now worried whether the tide was shifting against Paul and he was thinking, oh God, I'm going to have to vote for one of them. Which one is it? Mm-hmm. May not have been that at all. And of course, it, just, it turns out not to be that way. So it's time for the votes. Here we go. It's it's essentially a, a landslide. Zach is first. He votes for Miles. And it's so frustrating because he just want them to turn on Paul and it's just not happening. And Zach was just saying that he was suspicious of Paul, but he goes for Miles. Maybe Zach knew that there was no point in going for Paul yet. Molly is really upset and votes for Miles. Paul, I noticed something here, and I'm hoping you saw this too. Paul's, like, kind of fake crying and pretending he's really upset. And there's a shot where it looks like Charlotte notices it. So there's there's Paul and he's crying. Charlotte gives him this really weird look, like, the hell is he doing? But nothing really comes of that. I'm just hoping that Charlotte's picked up on it, and and she's going to keep this and use it when it, like, in a later episode. Miles, of course, votes for Paul. Andrew and Jasmine both go for Miles, in fact, so does Ross. Evie next, she goes for Paul, which I, I, I'm i happy that someone's voting for Paul, but Ballsy move. I just, I think it's pointless. And I, again, I, I think she might go next week because people are going to think that she's Miles' accomplice. Charlotte, Paul, Charlie all go for Miles. Janice votes for Andrew. Um, and I don't know really know why I think in some ways I think it's weird why did he vote for Andrew on the other hand I'm like it's probably smart that he doesn't go for Paul yeah. he's waiting for the right moment like you said he knows he, they need to wait for the numbers mm-hmm. so maybe Jazz is like tonight is not the night everyone's mm-hmm. going for my, even though Jazz thinks Miles is not a traitor he knows that everybody else does so he, he's like I'm yeah. not going to waste my voting Paul tonight yeah. And Harry, of course, goes for Miles. And we get a wee, a wee shot of Jazz again, I think. Whispering yeah. like, Miles, we've got it wrong. Miles is a faithful. Molly is in tears. She's really upset because she obviously really likes Miles. Miles stands up. He's got, you know, he's got the most votes. He says it's been an amazing journey. He'd made friends for life. He mentions going home to see his babies. I don't know if that's human children or animals. <laughs> In box that he's got, I think when he did the interview with Claus, and he said he had two kids. Oh, okay. No, no animals then. It's just because he's a. Is he not a vet nurse? He is a vet. He probably so, does animals, I'm Yeah, I just was like, maybe he's got two like chihuahuas at home. Um, <laughs> and he reveals, I am in fact a big dramatic pause traitor. Paul goes fucking mental, like is jumping up and screaming. Which, way over the top. As does Zach. Zach, like, jumps and hugs Paul. 
And I'm like, what are you doing? You just said you were suspicious of Paul and now you're hugging him. Mm-hmm. So Zach's doing my head in. Ross <laughs> says Diane, what a legend. Kaz yeah. is shook. Like, yeah. he just did not suspect Miles at all. And Claudia tells them, you know, don't get too excited. The traitors will reconvene tonight and they will fight back. Mm. Paul's fake crying for a while. It's oh, no. uncomfortable seeing everyone just being fooled by him, I think. Although maybe I'm wrong. And this is where I made the note that you said earlier. I said this is like watching a true crime doc. This is like seeing some psychopath like, who has actually killed 500 people. <laughs> Getting all upset. And everyone being like, oh my god, he's such a nice guy. Um, I'm kidding on about Paul. He's not a serial killer. I'm not joking. I I am just praying that Jazz figures out what the hell is happening. Like, all of my hopes are pinned on Jazz. What do you think of Jazz? What do you think of this whole situation? So, I think Miles missed a massive opportunity. Because as soon as Harry went, he knew a traitor as he went. What about you? You've never been questioned. He has a clear, open goal. Going for it, like, I swear to God, I've shouted to Kelly numerous times when it comes to Paul and Harry. I'm like, look at them. They are right there. They have both broke down. Like, Harry's was a bit more understandable, but Paul's was just, like, emotional blackmail at best. Um, like, you know, why did you give me kids? And as it's like, don't the door. It's right there. Um, but I just think, again, it's just... I think when Miles went, I was sad because I genuinely thought, but I kind of think he was too nice. And I don't think, maybe that's why he didn't go for Harry, where I was, what about you? Yes, you, you could have. I don't look at you, you are acting weird, you have done stuff that have really made you look suspicious. Yeah. So, I don't know, again, I still think he's, I think he's got to get rumbles, I think the pair of them are. It's a matter of time, because I think that alliance is what's going to break them. Because they're always with each other. Yeah, it's going to be so interesting because we, we've got different predictions. So you think Harry and Paul are both not going to make it. I still mm-hmm. think Harry... I, I, I think I said this last week or the week before. I think Harry's going to win. Or I'm waiting till the end. No, I do. I, 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 I want Jazz to win and I think Harry's going to win. So uh, after Roundtable, we've got a bit of a debrief around the house. And Paul, of course, is like acting up and he's like, oh my God, he nearly got me banished, lol. Ross is totally hoodwinked by Paul. He thinks Paul's the best thing ever. He says he's an asset to the team. He's like, he avenged my mum. Or I'm I'm really like Ross, but I think he's just always so got it wrong every time in this game. Except for tonight with Miles. (laughs) Harry (laughs) says... And his interview, I think, he says Paul is doing way too much. And I'm like, yes, Harry, you're right. And then he's, again, he's at the bar and he's with Jasmine, Zach and Molly. And he repeats what he whispered to Zach at the round table. He says, I think we've just watched two traitors at war. So Harry's like, he's, he's plotting against Paul already very cleverly, I think. Mm-hmm. We see a little bit of Evie again in an interview. She's still suspicious about Paul. So I'm really glad that not everyone is fooled. Evie is on to Paul. But yeah. this is... I, I, I don't want to do a spoiler here. Um, I don't. This is not a spoiler. I'm going to mention that someone in another series 
I'm worried we're going to see another Sam Australia season two again. With Paul. No, 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 I, no. I have the fear. No, <laughs> no. I mean, if they do that, I will be. Oh, I'll have to ashamed of this country, but I would be embarrassed of this franchise if they did went down the Australia route. I can't. I can't. Because, I mean, the good thing is, I mean, technically he's been there that long with Winger and Lyon, but I don't know. I can't. But I almost think Harry's coming across that way. It sounds. That is. There's a smokiness there that people aren't. Again, I don't know whether it's the, the earring in his ear. This is really making me think. But I'm just talking about it, and I don't trust either. But I'll stay to the end of why I don't think they're winning. Okay. But yeah. The closing moments in the house then are they are they're all gathered together. They're even laughing at Jazz because he got it so wrong mm-hmm. tonight. And there's a little sort of audio clip of Jazz talking, and he says, "I I always get things mm-hmm. wrong." And I just so hope he's not doubting what he knows about Paul. Like, I really, I don't want him to get thrown off by this. No. We cut to Traitor's Tower then. Uh, we briefly see Harry and Paul sort of congratulating themselves. Claudia arrives with an, the, the choice or the offer of recruitment tonight. And I, I kind of suspected this might happen when Paul, has, when, yeah. uh, when Miles was banished. I thought, okay, we're down to two. Probably time they're going to get asked to recruit. Paul's worried that if they recruit, people will think that he was recruited because it's all about Paul. Harry oh. thinks that they do need to recruit, though. And funnily enough, they go with Harry, what Harry wants to do. They decide that they are going to recruit. So they start considering some names. They think about Zach or Jasmine. They're both really big personalities which would make them good scapegoats or patsies. They could just throw them under the bus. Yeah. And think about Ross. And similarly, they're like, well, Ross has got some heat on him. He keeps banishing the wrong people, apart from tonight. He keeps saying he's yeah. 100% certain about people, and then it's totally wrong. So people might start to suspect him of being a traitor next. And again, Andrew. Some people have mentioned his name at various points. Maybe he's a good recruit to then just stab in the back. Claudia comes back in. There's a shot. I've mentioned before when Ash was still around and we saw Ash in Traitor's Tower, like, with with the three guys towering over her, no pun intended, but well, also when Claudia comes back, I'm like, how tall is Paul? Paul, Paul looks like he's about eight foot. Yeah, he was fast as with that. Yes. Claudia then takes the letter from them, they've written down who they want to recruit, and she goes off and we see like VT shots of her delivering the letter to the chair where people come and sit. And there's a, there's a clip right at the end of the episode. I wonder if you heard this too. Paul said, and I re, I, I, I put it back to listen mm-hmm. again carefully. Paul says what I think is, can you imagine if he said no? I, I sure it sounds like he says the word he. He might have said, can you imagine if they said no? But it so sounds like he said the word he, which makes me think it's not going to be Jasmine. But that is basically where episode seven, this epic episode, finishes. So, Joe, there's probably a few things you want to say here. What I'll start with is, do you think they made... 
the right decision to recruit because they did have a choice. They didn't have to recruit. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Well, it's interesting for me. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, why? So, do you want to do the countdown and we'll say? Oh, we can we use saying you picked on it? No, first of all, just don't tell me who you think they're going to recruit. Just tell me whether you know you think it was a good decision to recruit at all. Like, oh. should they just have said, no, we're not recruiting? For them, yeah, no, they should not. I also feel like they don't need to, like, Harry is under no suspicion at all. So I don't, I just don't think they need. I, if I was a traitor, my goal would be get rid of, get rid of people at any possibility. So if you've got the chance to murder and no one's looking at you yet, do it. Okay. It's funny that Paul didn't want to recruit, but Harry did. I would think it would be the other way around. That Paul would be like, no, oh God, we need someone else so we can get rid of them. Mm. And Harry would be like, we don't, yeah. I'm, no one's looking at me. I don't I don't care. But then I guess that speaks to Paul's ego, maybe. Anyway. I think Paul, clever. I think Paul would get rid of them. I think it's more he wants them on his side. Because if he starts rumbling them now and he's got that much cheese. But it's funny how Paul wrote the names down on the... Um, as well, even though he was one of against it. Yeah. So we, do you have someone in mind of who you think they're going to recruit? Yeah. Okay. I do. Oh, I'm torn. Um. Right. We'll say it. We're, we're counting down three, two, one, and we'll both say the name of the person we think they'll recruit. Three, two, one, Zach. Yeah. I was going to say Ross, and then I changed it. It could well be. Why do you think Ross? Because they don't think he's Diane's son. If Harry, if he thinks, and it's not a spoil, bloody the spin-off, but if he thinks that Harry is a traitor and Harry knows it, he'll want him on size. Worst thing is, you playing a bit, he, he literally gets rid of them. Because the Avengers are the most. Yeah. Yeah. It could well be wrong. That's why they can't. That's why I don't think either of them will win. The Ross gets in, he's killing them both off. Because the chalice will always annoy him and think, why did you pick her? Of course, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. That's what you mean. That they, yeah. Ross will be angry with them because they killed his mum. They've no idea about that. So they, that's, they don't know that that would be in Ross's mind. And also, Ross isn't being suspected. So Ross could throw a name like Harry out there and go, isn't it funny how we had to go at Miles at the round table and have you never thought to look at him? Like, and because Ross isn't really out there, like his name isn't mentioned much. And when it was, Diane Gates Agnes. But I think he could literally do Australia style. I think he could kill it. He could burn it from within. My prediction is... Zach, because, or maybe it's Ad, or maybe it could be Ad. I don't think it's Jasmine. I don't think she's, I don't think anybody suspects her. And I think mm-hmm. Harry and Paul want to recruit someone that they can potentially turn on. I think Zach, Andrew's had votes too. I think Zach is the person it would be easiest to pin something on because he's been so erratic throughout the game and he's thrown out so many names and actually he's quite clever and quite a lot of the time gets it right and he's mm-hmm. and because Zach's so openly suspicious of Paul 
I think they'll want to get him on side with they don't want Zach turning anyone against Pop. So they'll be like, right, we we need him with us before he does any more damage. Mm. I I think Zach There's one thing everyone's forgetting is he can decline. Of course, yeah, the recruiter could say no, I don't want to do it. The only reason I'm saying Russell accepts it is because I think Ross will want to avenge what happens to the bomb and I think he'll want to see what it yeah, well, I think curiosity would get them. Whereas I think with Zach, he's still a good player with Jazz, them two with. And it's weird how Jazz's name wasn't picked because Vans, them, I feel like with. Again, Andrew's done nothing of interest. Why pick his name when he's just a bumbling idiot? You'd want to pick someone who's like Jazz, who's on the ball and who is suspecting probably the both here. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I think they're becoming too... I think that, and again, is it this masculine... I mean, I'm sick of this male energy in this hour. Like, can we not have a woman and sort of feeling? Yeah, that's a good point, actually. If they pick another guy, it'll be the fourth male traitor of this season. But if they... It feels about unbalanced. But if, as soon as Paul and possibly Harry go, they're going to have to recruit again. And then I think by then, I think you'll get two women in it. I think we might see another recruitment later in the series as well. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. I think. Can I give my ideas on who I think they'll get recruited? Yeah, go for it. So I think once Paul's out, I think Jasmine will end up picked because she's been my number one pick from day one. And it was weird they didn't pick her because she wants to be a traitor. And then I'd say, you know, I think we've got to go really dark horse. And I think. Harry goes, because I think if Ross gets in, I think Ross will, I don't think Ross is going, because I don't think he'll tell them about the relationship either, because that works against them then, because mm-hmm. he can just go, oh, we pick them up, so he's not going, and I, I don't think they told anyone, I don't think they know, but I think if Harry goes, then you put Millie in there. Molly. And I think, is it Molly? <laughs> Molly. I've put on the podcast as well. Called her Melly back. I think Molly here and Ross would be absolute fantastic. Mm, an interesting team. Now we are going to talk a little bit about uncloaked in a moment. I would just like to say before I get there, if Diane doesn't do a sparkling rosy sponsorship deal, she is missing a golden opportunity. So if I don't even drink, but if Diane makes a sparkling rosy, I'm buying a bottle. Uh, I'll buy a bottle and auction it off for a competition on the <laughs> It's time for my sort of newest segment, and this is Uncloaked Unwrapped. I am begrudgingly going to give a little recap of what happened in the most recent episode of the BBC official podcast, Uncloaked, and... Because I don't want to spend lots and lots of time promoting it, I'm giving myself 90 seconds. Here we go! The guests are Sophie Ellsbeck, so excellent. Reverend Richard Coles, not really that bothered about that. Ed pretends that he knows loads about the traitors again and claims that sometimes traitors get so emotional they get up and leave the round table. Literally never happened, he hasn't watched the show. Sophie Ellis Bexter suggests Miles could have jumped on Diane's idea that someone had kissed her. Not a bad idea, Sophie. Sophie loves when people cry. Me too, not when it's Paul. Richard and Sophie Ellis Bexter think that Zach is the next recruit, so they agree with you. Richard, uh, they agree with me. Richard reads Zach's beard to filth, which I think is rude and unchristian. They see the reveals now. Diane is sad to see Miles and she's just assuming that Miles is faithful. 
And then she thinks that Jasmine is a traitor, proving what I've been saying all through this podcast, which is that Diane was actually terrible at this game and the faithfuls are idiots for thinking otherwise. Miles reveals that he is a traitor and Diane hits him twice, calls him a bastard in a wee shit, and I am not kidding. It's iconic behaviour. But then they hug. Miles says Diane is a leader and people just follow what she says, to which she instantly replies, no. Diane discovers Harry as a traitor and calls him a bastard and admits she can't play this game. Diane then discovers Paul's a traitor and continues swearing more than anyone has in this series ever. She tells Miles about Ross being her son and he is shook. In studio, Diane is looking legendary with her hair done and her outfit serving. She says her and Ross's plan was to never reveal the relationship after what happened in series one. Ed reads some tweets to Diane and she clearly has no idea what gay Twitter is. Diane low-key flexes about the acting dynasty she has spawned. Miles gets really heartfelt and emotional and it's a bit much. Ed finishes with my old stolen catchphrase and it's truly like a dagger in the heart. Joe, did you watch this episode of Uncloaked? Yes. How, how did you find it? You know what? That's what amazing, really good on Ed Gamble as Rod Waterbrick interview somewhere. <laughs> Because um, he has got that much charisma of one. Um, again, do you know what? You're not like, if some people listening, it's not a podcast, it is a sideshow. You just have fancy mics that Matthew should be at right now um, with the traitor, the traitor's cloak logo on it. But you're not, if you don't watch it, the only bit I'd say watch it for is the reactions of the contestants because they're getting more and more outrageously over themselves. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if anyone can beat Anthony's from last week. <laughs> Literally. Oh, that was my like, like, I'm imagining at some point someone just throws a table. <laughs> like, I imagine if Paul walks in the like that. Oh, yeah. Like, really, like, I don't really want to sit. Because, like, yeah, I do feel like if he comes there, or was he in retrospect? Who else did he come Whoever all the contestants left, do you think is most likely to have a complete meltdown at the reveal? Charlotte. <laughs> I, I think Paul. Paul. I think Paul. I think Paul will, will like reveal his true colours, go psycho, <laughs> start smashing furniture. But what would he lose it over then? Because he's not going to read the letter, is he? Uh, he'd just be annoyed that he'd been banished. Oh. oh. Well, oh, it'll be in the room. It'll be like Big Brother Seven Fight Night. Security will have to come in. <laughs> Pull them away. I'm actually actually looking forward to. I was that the fight between Vixen and that Wendy was wrong. Same. Oh God, imagine Paul ran that circle of truth. Oh God, he's gonna get like his own monologue for twenty minutes. No. <laughs> Unless, of course, he wins the whole show. So long. Yeah. Uh, what we normally do at this point is, uh, by the way, listeners, don't be like, oh, it's the end, I can stop listening now. We still have to finish our game, the Trader Traitor, and see if uh, Joe and I lie to one another, and we've got some very important poll results at the end. Firstly, though, uh, this is usually a bit of promo time, or mm-hmm. a time where the guest co-host can tell us where we can find them, or what they are up to, mm-hmm. what we can check out, or maybe even some recommendations. Joe, it's over to you. Tell us what we should know. So I am working, as Matthew said, beginning on a wrestling book and game. Mods, I'm working on two of them. It's called Pro Wrestling Sim. Basically, if you like wrestling, you want to book the show. There's tons of mods on there. Minor, still an early access, but they're all right. 
Um, so yeah, they're just out there, and I'm on this course. When you want to follow me, it's Ace Eleven Ninety Three. Um, it's called that and an S, but I think it's just Ace Eleven Ninety Three. So if you want to follow me on there, my page is there. Feel free to follow. Um, and I'm on Instagram and that, which will get linked, which isn't really used as much, but I do pop in now and again. Um, to give tribute and obituaries and what have you. It's not the lump of that, and it usually is things, but the last two have been obituaries, so yeah. Um, and yeah, so if you want to follow, follow. Um, but yeah. And my recommendations, I've got four shows. Three are on Acorn TV and one of them is on telly. And the other one is on Shudder, so they are on there to watch. They are uh, Made the Mystery-ish, Agatha Raisin, which is camp and funny. So I don't know if you remember that one. Uh, no, I don't know. Um, Wistable Pearl. And One Lane Bridge, which is New Zealand. They're all on Acorn. And then my final recommendation, if you're a bit sick track race like me, Dracula is on there, and it is everything like the traitors but on absolute meth when it comes to exterminations which are like lifting challenges people get buried alive bungee jump off in drag get murdered at the end so instead of getting eliminated you die it's such a fun show and it's very open if you like drag kings drag queens trans non-binary it's more what's the word i'm looking for inclusive opening caster yeah yeah like drag kings, like you know, you don't see that on drag race, but art is just amazing. The final just stage yesterday, so I'm not gonna spoil it, but it was amazing. And yeah, I do recommend that show. Okay, excellent. Thank you for those recommendations. Mm-hmm. It's time for us to conclude our game that we've been playing. We've been playing the Trader Traitor. Ah. Joe, have you lied to me recently? Yeah. <laughs> look very sheepish about it I have lied to you as well during our conversation do you have any idea what I lied to you about? so I've got one theory and the only reason is I feel like I might have seen someone but it might, it might actually be true but was it your friend who was in the choir? yes that was my lie I'm so bad at this now I used to be good at this. I have become worse at lying. I mean, I'm, that's because I'm a very honest and good person. Yeah. Oh, I like to film myself. And sometimes when I'm watching the traitors, I think I'd be such a good traitor. I'd be so good at lying. Mm. And then I play this game on the podcast and I find out every time that actually I'm terrible at lying. <laughs> so Joe, mm. you caught me. I I did. I had you know, a couple of people who... Uh, games tested the show yeah but nah, neither of them were in the choir in this episode i made that bit up so yeah well done you caught me you're like i'm not gonna get this i wrote down like five different things that you said go on I've, i'll tell you some of my guesses right mm-hmm you said that Paul was 36 at one point, and I wondered maybe that wasn't true. You said Paul was on Deal or No Deal 15 years ago, and I wondered if maybe you gave me the wrong amount of time. You said something about, you said that Claudia's mum was an actress, and I know that she's like a journalist, but I don't know if she's acted in anything, so I don't know if you lied about that. 
none of them were actually mine. I, I do have one more. Oh, go on. And I'm going to go with the last one, and it's the last one on my little post-it, right? I've written... Go on, go on. Is it something I'm... you just recommended some shows, and I wonder if you lied about like what channel one of them was on or something, or the name of them? No. Uh, okay. Oh my god, I've guessed four things and they're all wrong. And and you fooled me then. You're gonna have to tell me, Joe. What did you lie about? So I said I think so my first one was Paul One Ten Originally it was the deal on those deal one but he did win ten P and I thought shit I'm gonna spend another one now. So I'm gonna say you want a pound. But he's only one ten P. And the lie was I think Miles signs it, but I said I think and I hope it is the right way. I think it says um I can't remember his name. You said I mean, like, it. I thought Paul signed it, but I swear I think Miles signed it because he agreed to it. Signed what? The paper when he was signing on into the truth. Oh, you mean Harry? Miles is dead by this point. Uh, oh, Miles is dead. Um, yeah, Harry signed it, not Paul, because Harry wanted it. I totally didn't get that. I remember you saying it, and I remember thinking, oh, I didn't. I didn't even notice who signed it. That's a, that's interesting. Joe spotted that. Yeah, I did not consider that as a lie. Mm. Well done. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and um, also, Eve Pollard's Claudia's mum is actually in Friends from Souls of season six. Okay, he has done some like comedy stuff. Okay, I was wrong. Well, well done. Well done on guessing why I I don't really me. You've actually like trumped me into to occasions to I was whatever. I was thinking would you thought I'd like on Claudia and the S Club Seven car crashing to be sure. Oh no no no, no. I remember well, I well. that was when she had no fringe. Yes. Um look an early noughties pop exactly, yeah. aficionado. I've for anyone who doesn't know, there's an interview where Claudia was interviewing S Club Seven and she asks them about like whether it's true that they get they have no money. And their publicist steps into the interview and tells her she can't ask that. And then the interview just ends and it's so uncomfortable. It's amazing. All over YouTube. And and she was right at the time as well. Because yeah. the thing She was. Uh, Claudia, an investigative journalist at heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, before, again, I'm not, don't listeners, don't be like, oh, he's just going to do the email address and the social media. I don't need to listen mm-hmm. anymore. I've got lots of exciting things to tell you. So... First of all, a little update on the mini competition on the BBC website that you can join. So the trader is hosting a mini competition just for us friends. And after that episode aired, there is a change in the leaderboard. I'm devastated to say I have dropped a place. I'm now in third place with 1,100 points. Rachel has overtaken me. Rachel is now at 1,150 points in second place. And... As someone who, as someone else has taken first place who was not there before, I'm saying this really angrily. I should be happy that you've all joined. I'm very happy. So Kevin, Kevin McStrav is the username. Kevin is now in first place with 1,250 points. David's co-host, regular co-host David Bloomberg has dropped to seventh. He's going to be furious about this, uh, but I'm sure there's still time for us to climb back up. I will be making my prediction that Evie is the next to get banished. Uh, oh, maybe I'll be able to predict about new recruit. Is that is that I'm allowed to predict it yet? I don't know. I'll check it out. Um, what else do I have to tell people? I have to tell people about coffee and say a few thank yous. So, again, I, I mention this from time to time. There's a coffee page where if you 
are enjoying the podcast and you feel that you can, you could put a wee donation in to keep the podcast going and that's ko-fi.com slash Matthew Keeley. It's not a subscription. You can do a subscription, actually, I realise, but I don't expect anyone to do that. Um, so if you wanted to, you could do just a one-off little donation of a few pounds or more if you want. Uh, so goodbye. I have to say thanks to a couple of people who donated this week. One is Stephen, who is incredibly kind because Stephen has donated already in the past and Stephen is a co-host of the show. Stephen's been on a couple of times. Stephen is going to co-host an episode of US Tracers coverage with me in a few weeks. So Stephen, that was so, so nice of you. Thank you very much. Uh, someone else who donated is a user whose name is Next of Kin. I have no idea who that is, except I actually do know that this is my sister, Claire. Claire has come to the podcast. She's enjoying the show and very nicely donated. So thank you very much, Claire. That was unnecessary, but thanks a lot. I also have to remind people again, the trader is covering the Traders US and there will be a new episode on the way in a few days, very soon after episode four has aired. There will be a new co-host on the next episode of The Trader, which I'm very, very excited about. I don't want to reveal who it is. It's, it's uh, someone else who is a podcaster, and I love their podcast. So I'm so thrilled they're going to be on this, talking with me. As always, you can leave reviews and follows. I always mention iTunes and Spotify and YouTube. Uh, I actually use a, a podcast app called CastBox, and you can leave... Not really reviews, but you can leave comments on your podcasts. And it would be really cool if someone wanted to leave a little comment on there for the trader, just to boost my ego, but also so that other people can see it and be like, oh my God, this podcast looks amazing. I should listen to this. Yeah, if you've got any questions or thoughts on the episode, something that you want me to discuss, you can send me either a DM on instagram or youtube at the trader podcast also on tiktok now at the trader podcast or on x at the trader pod you can also email me at the trader podcast at gmail.com one final final thing before i finish i had a little poll on social media because i felt like i needed to, to find a new catchphrase a new slogan to finish off the podcast because as you know because i have ranted about this I used to always finish by saying, stay faithful, and Ed Gamble stole my goddamn closing phrase, so I feel like I can't use it anymore. And some people have sent me a message saying, no, Matthew, don't change it. Don't you change for them. But I worry that now people are going to think I'm the one that stole it, even though you could listen back to my episodes from a year ago and hear me say it. So people will be like, oh, this guy Matthew's stolen Ed Gamble's catchphrase. Uh, so I don't want to be in that position. So I decided I'll have a new catchphrase. I'll be the bigger person, right? So I did a little poll on X and Instagram, made some suggestions. People voted on what one they liked. Uh, the winning choice on X had 42% of the vote. Uh, and on Instagram, there was a tie between that option and another phrase, which was stay traitorous. So if I'm not going to say stay faithful, might as well say stay traitorous. That's really difficult to say. Say stay traitorous. See, I'm not using that one because it's a tongue twister, so I couldn't do it. Uh, sadly, my other option, which was see a round table, was not all that popular, so it didn't win the poll. But I, I thought it was funny. 
I did have one other suggestion from Survivor UK fan fave and fellow Scott, that's Doug Swinbanks, who follows the podcast. Hi, Doug, if you're listening. He thought I should simply use later traitors, which I also think is really funny. I should have put that in my poll. In the end, I will finish with the winning choice, according to the listeners and me, because it includes the word trader, and also some people said, hey, Matthew, you should... The word trader needs to be in your catchphrase so that no one can steal it. For now, it's bye from Joe and from me. Bye-bye, Joe. Hope you've had a nice... Bye. Thanks, bye, Hal. Until next time, keep us on your trader. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business. Removing friction and frustration for your employees. Supercharging productivity for your developers. Providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.